Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, I'm Joe Levy, and on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so, and a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Mini Crush Mondays. Chuck here, and I'm by myself, everybody. This might get weird. There's no Noel. Ramsey hit record and left the room, so I'm sitting by myself in the Stuff You Should Know studio without even Josh across from me. Just me. So this might get strange. Uh, Actually, this is going to be great. So uh, my back was against the wall, everyone, because Noel's out of town. I didn't know it. We're also busy. We're all going in 10 million different directions lately. And uh, we sort of fly by the seat of our pants here on the show, which I kind of like. I think it kind of makes for a fun, loose experience uh, for me as a host and for you as a listener. At least I hope so. hope you're not saying no, dude. That makes it super shitty. Uh, Get your act together. But that's how we're doing it right now because we're surviving. Uh, So Noel is not here. That's a long way of saying that Noel is in L.A., and uh, I've been teasing him on Facebook uh, from from Atlanta to L.A., which is always kind of fun. So what I decided to do is just come in the old studio by myself and uh, knock out a little mini crush. I'm just going to do one like this, not the usual two, because uh, I know how important Noel is to the show, everybody. And we, we like to get him in here as much as possible. So what we're going to do, everybody, is go through a few of the Facebook queries that I posted earlier today, and uh, you were really involved. That makes me super excited whenever I see hundreds of comments. And uh, I'm going to go through a few of those, and then I'm going to finish up with a little bit of stream this, because I've been watching a couple of great shows lately that I would like to spread the word about. Uh, so here we go, though. Let's go ahead and get started with some uh, with some social studs, social studies, mini crush time. Social studies on movie crush. Uh, I think the first thing I... W- yeah, here we go. What's your favorite family movie? Um, I'm kind of curious because I'd like to keep a running list. I'm going to leave this one up too. And um, boy, I'm already seeing a lot of Princess Brides. So l- let me just start with Princess Bride. This is from Sharon Woods. 
Uh, she was the first person to put that down. Certainly a favorite. Got a lot of hearts on that one. Uh, Don Morris said hook. Agreed. Uh, Brianna Whipf. Uh, Mary Poppins, of course. And you know what? That new one looks pretty good. I got to say, the reboots and reimaginings are, they get a little old sometimes, but I think Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins is is kind of a no-brainer. I uh, can't wait to see what she does with that role. Uh, the Incredibles or Incredibles 2 from William Angus. Uh, let me see here. Uh, the Muppet movie from Aaliyah uh, Farrier. That's a real good one. Uh, Vanessa Lopez. By the way, Vanessa, thank you so much for your gift, everyone. Vanessa sent in a one-year anniversary gift because, believe it or not, uh, this is coming out Monday, I believe, on Saturday. Uh, Saturday preceding this Monday, we celebrated our one year for Movie Crush. And that is really great. So um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work as well. But it's all worth it because, like, I have a good time every time I record one of these and every time I interact on Facebook with you folks. Uh, it puts me in a good mood. So I'm going to keep doing it, you know. It's um, it, it's gratifying that there are that many of you out there that, uh, that love movies and uh, are supportive of the show. And it means a lot that we've been around for a year. And so I'm just going to keep going. And Vanessa... Lopez was kind enough to send us, uh, send Noel and I a gift of like coffee and peanut butter cups and popcorn and chips. And uh, if you notice the theme, it's movie watching foods. And so that was really, really sweet. And she was kind enough to double it up and everything too. So Noel got some and I got some. So thanks, Vanessa. That really means a lot that you even recognized that it was a one year anniversary. And you also said The Princess Bride. So good for you. And thanks, everyone. Uh, I'm so, I was going to do that at the beginning of the show. So I hope you don't mind me squeezing it in there. Uh, Dan Maynard says Home Alone. Of course, that's a great family movie. Uh, Michelle Appa, woo, doggy, what a name. Apalategui, Apalategui, Michelle, Paddington 2. Uh, I have not seen that, uh, but, I've, but I imagine pretty soon I'll be watching those Paddington movies. Uh, Jonathan Gerber says Homeward Bound. Whew, that's a tough one, man. Uh, Ashley Miller says Secondhand Lions. I've not seen that one either. I got a lot of movie watching to do ahead of me, everyone. Oh, The Sandlot, of course. Elizabeth Worsley. Uh, you know, my big brother Scott worked on that. It's one of his claims to fame is working on the great, great movie, The Sandlot. Um, Anna Shrestha says, growing up, I was forced to watch Painter Wagon because it was my brother's favorite movie. Um, Painter Wagon, is that a family movie? She even says the same thing. She doesn't know. Uh, John Millsap, uh, he's on our page a lot. Hey, John, he says, the original Beauty and the Beast. Uh, favorite Disney film for him. And you know what? I never saw that one. I have a big gap. Uh, Chuck holes. Chuck has holes. Disney holes. Because it was a long time there where I, I did not see any or many of those Disney movies. But now I'm seeing them again. Because I've got a kid. That's how it works. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Mario Escobar says Trolls. Yeah, that's a good one. My daughter loves that movie. Uh, Mike Mead says It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Maria Ursano Lawson says Christmas with the Cranks. She said her kids love it. I've not seen that. Uh, Bo Shoemaker says Big. Yeah, baby, that's a great one. One of my all-time faves. I'll watch Big anytime it's on. Such a heartwarming, uh, sweet, sweet, funny movie. Uh, Zach Pointer, our old pal, says, uh, let me see here. Anime, My Neighbor, uh, Totoro. I haven't seen that. He said, do yourself a favor and watch it with your little girl. 
All right, I'm going to have to check that out. I know nothing about anime, people. Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, Michael Green says, Babe 2, Pigot in the City. Also one of the favorite films of uh, fellow podcast colleague Jesse Thorne of the Max Fun Network and Bullseye. Uh, Laura Giles says, Princess Bride. Boy, there's a lot of those in there. Uh, Brian Thomas says, Wall E. Can you guys hear that? Listen. Can you hear that? <laughs> if you can't hear that, it may be in the background if you have headphones on. It's, it sounds like someone has a fucking drill into our ceiling. Um, and I'm just going to keep going because I don't really care. Um, Karen Schlump Hughes says, The Sound of Music. Singing, romance, Nazis, something for everyone. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, that's true. I always forget about the Nazi part. That's kind of the whole uh, background of that movie, running from the Nazis. Oh, Sherry Jones, you know the way into my heart. She says, uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh, so great. Uh, Robert Lamb, everyone, our bud Robert that was in here last week from Stuff to Blow Your Mind says, current favorites, uh, The Dark Crystal, Totoro, another Totoro, and Ponyo. I got to check out Totoro, I guess. In fact, I'm going to make a little note for myself right now. Uh, Rebecca Robe says Ghostbusters. Yeah, for sure. Except she didn't leave a uh, question mark. I just did that. She says The Sandlot also, Clue, and The Christmas Story. I agree. All great. Uh, A.J. Middlestedt says Adam's Family, Casper, Home Alone 2, but nothing tops Explorers. Uh, Heather Ingram, Never Ending Story. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Nancy Weiner says The Lego Movie or Raiders of the Lost Ark. For sure. Maybe if you have a little older older kid, Raiders would be good. Uh, another Sandlot from Nick Jackson. Uh, Eric Miller says most recently Coco. And uh, let me just do a couple of more of these. I'm going to leave these up, though. These are good recommendations, everybody. Uh, Elisa Edwards says Fox and the Hound or Nightmare Before Christmas. All right, let's finish with uh, Mickey McGee because I like your name. Uh, we all love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in our family. That's a good one, man. That's a good wreck. Boy, Dick Van Dyke. It's hard to beat Dick Van Dyke, everybody. I've tried to. I've tried to crush him, and he's very hard to beat. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. All right, let's move on. I think, what did the next thing I ask here? Oh, this is a good one. Because I ask a lot about movies and actors and directors. Um, what's your favorite movie scene? Like your favorite scene in a movie. Um, which is not the same thing as favorite movie by any means. Because there are some movies that have great scenes that, uh, in movies that I didn't love. Uh, but we'll start off with Tammy Mitchell who says, I love the ending of Clue. Yes, when Wadsworth reveals her murderers. 
Tim Curry is the best human, she says. That's pretty great. Uh, Jonathan, uh, let me see here. How do you pronounce your name, Jonathan? Jonathan uh, Sispansky, that's what I'm going to say. Thor Ragnarok, when Thor is flying in and Zeppelin kicks in and he starts throwing lightning left and right. Yeah, man, that was a pretty wicked scene. I love that. Uh, Dan Ennis says The Shining, when Jack goes to the bar and the ballroom and slowly looks up to see Lloyd the bartender waiting for him. Yeah. Or in the same movie, he says the, the bathroom scene with Grady. Yeah, man, that's a good one. Those are two really creepy scenes in that movie. Uh, Jonathan Atwood says a scene in Jaws where Scheider, Dreyfus, and Shaw are in the cabin drinking after dinner and having drinks. They start comparing scars. One of the great, great scenes in one of the great, great movies. Totally agree, my friend. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Zach Pointer, our old friend, says the pep talk in Braveheart. Sure, that's a good one. Uh, Joshua Brennan says Back to the Future 1, uh, the climax with Marty and Doc trying to catch the lightning and send Marty back to 1985. Yeah, time circuit's not working, cable's coming undone, tree branch, and the score in the background is perfect. Yeah, man, that's a good one. Uh, Cam Hopman says it's it's a dinosaur. The scene with Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum when they first see those dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Yeah, man, I got to admit, when I saw that movie, uh, pretty, pretty great. And Vanessa Lopez, our old friend, agrees. Uh, welcome to Jurassic Park. Everything about that moment uh, with the swelling music and John Williams' score and the landscape filled with dinosaurs. It's pretty good, man. Movie magic. I was a little bit older, too. I imagine if I would have seen uh, Jurassic Park when I was like 13, that would have been even more special and mind-blowing. Did a pretty good job, though, uh, as an as an older kid, too. Uh, Stellan Carlson. Hey, dude. Uh, he says, one-hour photo. Yeah, I saw that movie. Uh, Robin Williams' psychological thriller. Suddenly in a dream sequence, blood starts gushing from his eyes. It comes out of nowhere. He says, to this day, I still think about that scene. Ooh, Stellan. I like your dark side, my friend. Uh, Christopher King says, in Gangs of New York, the scene in which Bill Cutting with a flag draped around his body explains to Amsterdam why Bill cut his eye out. In doing so, Bill is unknowingly recounting the death of a father to a son. I, hey, man, I'm on record as saying that uh, Gangs of New York was underrated. Uh, I've said it before, take Cameron Diaz out of that movie, put someone else in there, and it would have been maybe a, a potential uh, classic from Mr. Scorsese. Uh, Jason Eland says, tough question. So many iconic scenes, but he's going with uh, Rushmore. Uh, Max Fisher's Vietnam play. Yeah, that's pretty great, man. One of my faves. And in The Usual Suspects, uh, the Kaiser Soze reveal. Yep. And in Goodfellas, Pesci's uh, Funny Like a Clown. So, so many more. Man, those are great. I mean, that's like a a, a literal list of some of the great movie scenes in cinema. Uh, Eric Yonner says the scene in Terminator 2 when Linda Hamilton is shooting Robert Patrick repeatedly and pumping her shotgun one-handed between shots. So sexy he says. Eh, all right. Whatever floats your boat, my friend. Um, let me see here. Brandy Hernandez says, in Wall-E, when the captain is asking the spaceship computer to define all sorts of things and asks it to define Earth and is bombarded and amazed by a bunch of pictures of places and people from all over the world. Wow. I forgot about that part. It's pretty good. Uh, Edwin Forrest Glenn says, Richie's suicide scene in Royal Tannenbaum's Oh, man, that one's tough. Uh, Elliot Smith's song, Needle in the Hay. Really, really good stuff. I agree, my friend. Um, Marios Alexander 
uh, Rotsides. Boy, that's that's a great name. Uh, both Tarantino and Glorious Bastards when Shoshana has the meeting with Londa and the other Nazis over using her theater. Oh, yeah. Boy, that was tense. And uh, in Reservoir Dogs, when they're all BSing at the diner at the beginning. Yeah, that's a great scene. One of my faves. Uh, Sherry Jones says, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Almost Famous. The only true currency in this world is what we share with someone else when we're uncool. <laughs> oh, man. What a great line. I miss Cameron Crowe. He, he used to make the best movies. Come back to us, Cameron Crowe. That's what I say. Uh, Jenny Rodriguez, my favorite scene from a movie is the sex scene from The Departed. Kind of weird, but I just love how Leo's character is so broken. And she sees that in him, and that's how she knows that she can help him. Yeah, that was a good scene. Because, I mean, that's how you should do a sex scene to me, is when it really takes on deeper meaning. Uh, and there's, like, layers going on, and not just, like, let's just throw in a sex scene. I totally agree with that. Uh, Trent Moore, the coin toss scene in No, Con uh, no Country for Old Men, is a masterclass in pretty much every aspect of filmmaking. Agreed. Uh, Robert Lamb, our old bud, says bad dates. I mean, it's really hard to pick something. That scene has always been a favorite from our early days of watching film. Of course, what he's talking about is uh, that great scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. That poor little monkey eats that date, that poison, poison date, kicks the can. Very, very cool. Uh, Melissa Landry says there's so many, but uh, the scene when Diana steps out of the trenches in Wonder Woman, such an empowering moment. First time I saw it in the theaters, they even shed a few tears. Melissa, I think I may have as well. And I'm just a dumb old guy. That was a great movie. I really enjoyed that. Can't wait to see the next one. So, so good. Um, let me see here. Uh, Steph Shannon says in Super 8, when Joe comes face to face with the alien and tells them that bad things happen, but we can still live. So impactful. You know what, Steph? I need to see that again. I liked it. But it sort of uh, fell away from my memory not too long after I'd seen it. And that, be, that may be uh, one that I can revisit. Uh, Gail Kuntz, my old pal, Danger Oven. <laughs> Her nickname on Facebook, everyone, is Danger Oven. I don't even know what that means. I'm going to have to ask Gail what that means. So Kuntz says, uh, the scene in Jaws, here's to swimming with bow-legged women. Yes, one of my greats. She said at one time it was a text tone on my old phone. Oh, Koontz. I love knowing that. Hope you guys are doing well there in Ohio. Uh, Luke Spence says, Marty McFly singing Johnny Be Good at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Iconic. Uh, Scooter Thomas Burns says, The Manor House Raid in Skyfall. Oh, yeah. That's totally a good one. Uh, Zach Lowe, Coming to America in the Barbershop. Muhammad Ali versus Cassius Clay. <laughs> it's so good. I love Coming to America. That's one of mine and Emily's faves. Uh, let me see here. Let's go through a few more of these. Um, well, another one from The Departed. Gary Teague says at the end when Leo gets popped in the elevator. So shocking. I agree, man. That's that's a very underrated movie in my opinion. I thought The Departed was fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, Rebecca Robe, our old pal, says Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, Zorba the Greek sequence. The mayhem is spectacular. Uh, Ren Karnatz says the opera diva scene in The Fifth Element. But these are good. They're coming in from all over the place, everybody. Oh, Rob Rodora, the Dale scene from Beetlejuice. Totally agree. Um, all right, everyone, this is going really well. And there's like 300 plus of these. So I might save uh, some of these and keep doing this one over time. Best scenes. This is a good one. Yeah, I like it. 
So, uh, yeah, look for that soon and add your own onto the Facebook page. Uh, just go to Facebook. Uh, just just look it up, Movie Crush with Chuck Bryan on Facebook. Because, you know, the more you participate, the more fun I have, the more fun we all have. And then finally, let's finish up with the social studies. Uh, what's your favorite Nicolas Cage role? Why not? We talk about Nicolas Cage all the time in this dumb show. Uh, so let's do it. Benjamin Johnson's got to be The Rock. Uh, or Raising Arizona. That's true. Great roles. Uh, Kristen Glenn K- uh, Kister says, uh, I heart Peggy Sue got married. Not his best performance or his worst, but it just hits me in the right spot. I thought the movie was great, Kristen. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And his take on it was so weird. With that weird voice that he did. That wasn't a good impression of it, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, Brad uh, Honey says, uh, anyone who doesn't say H.I. in Raising Arizona is wrong. I don't know about that, but I agree. Uh, Michael Green. Hey, Michael. He's on this uh, page a lot. Very active. He said toss-up between uh, his ultra-nuanced performance in Matchstick Men and his master class in Adaptation. It's hard not to pick Adaptation, everybody. Although Raising Arizona, it's it's very, very tough. And I haven't seen anybody yet say uh, Leaving Las Vegas. I'm waiting for that. Uh, Kenneth Hannon says his uh, role in Bringing Out the Dead. Or Leaving Las Vegas. Okay, there we go. Um, boy, have you guys seen Leaving Las Vegas? I would ask Noel, but he would say no. So what's the point? So I'm asking you all, what are your holes? Leaving Las Vegas is a tough movie. Boy, he was so goddamn good in it. Uh, tough one. Tough one to watch, though. Not one you want to see over and over again. Uh, kind of like Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. <laughs> Megan Carroll says uh, Nick and Werner Herzog make a great team. Shoot him again. His soul is still dancing. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I haven't seen that. If Werner Herzog is in there, and if he says that line, sign me up. Uh, let me see here. Jason Wortham, our old friend, says Michael Williams in Red Rock West. Oh, everybody, have you seen Red Rock West? From 1993. Really good. Uh, um, it was uh, kind of a small movie. Didn't get a lot of attention but sort of a Western noir mystery, and it is fantastic. So that's a great recommendation. If you have not seen Red Rock West, check it out. And I'll just talk like this for the rest of the show. Uh, Ashley Stevens says, National Treasure or Face Off. You know, Face Off, Face Off was so over the top, and those performances from Travolta and Nick Cage were so over the top. It's a bit of a delight. It's a guilty pleasure to be sure. Uh, but John Woo and those two guys just like overacting their socks off. Um, it was kind of fun. I got to admit. Uh, Dan Maynard says The Rock uh, for nostalgia probably. Uh, Viviana Godoy says Raising Arizona. Uh, Scott Bailey says National Treasure. Uh, here we go. The Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, Colin Whitley Leaving Las Vegas is the only Nick Cage performance that isn't ridiculous. <laughs> that might be the best way to put that, actually. Uh, ooh, Moonstruck. Someone finally got in there with Moonstruck. And Wild at Heart, Don Morris. Oh, after my own heart. Wild at Heart. That is one of my favorite, favorite weird David Lynch films of all time. I saw that many, many times in college and can quote a lot of it. Uh, Waylon Jenkins also says definitely Wild at Heart. Lula. Lula, so good. I need to watch that again, everyone. I haven't seen that in a while. That's a good one. Bring me right back to my college days. Maybe I'll drink some cheap beer, do some bong hits, and watch Wild at Heart. 
bring over my old buddy Eddie. And we'll quote that thing line by line. Uh, Mariano Katz, Raising Arizona, no contest. Here we go with an old school one. Michelle Coltman uh, Borgland says Valley Girl. Yeah, I forgot he was in Valley Girl. That was one of his early roles. For sure, that's before he was Nick Cage. And he was just sweet little Nicolas Cage. Uh, Holly Bradbury says Red and Mandy. Still haven't seen it yet. I'm going to see it soon because Noel keeps bugging me. Uh, so I'm going to get that one in there soon. Uh, Con Air, Gary Teague. It's interesting. I'm curious to see what Nicolas Cage movies were so bad that nobody picked because hell, Ghost Rider's in here. Al Kimmel says Ghost Rider. I mean, come on. That's one of the worst movies ever, right? Denna O'Neill says Vampire's Kiss. Uh, Joe Breck says Wicker Man. All right. So that's kind of all over the place. Wade Robbins even says Family Man. Ryan Sweet says Gone in 60 Seconds. Alan Richardson says Ghost Rider 2. Is there such a thing? I had no idea that Ghost Rider 2 was even a thing. Uh, a couple of more for Mandy. All right, everybody. I could do this all day. But uh, that's a nice... Uh, I'd be curious. Maybe I should do uh, a series of of polls to see where Nicolas Cage rates. But just kind of judging from the list, kind of ticking through it, it looks like Raising Arizona is probably the winner, I got to say. There's a lot of Raising Arizona fans in here. Uh, so you're all like Dak Shepard at the end of the day. Hey, I'm Joe Levy, and on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid some, some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so. And a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. So, those were the uh, Facebook questions from this week, everyone. And very quickly, before I finish, I'm going to talk to you about a couple of shows I've been watching lately. Um, one is called Forever. And it is on Amazon Prime. And it stars Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. And it is an eight-part series. Um, I don't know if you can even call it a comedy. Because... It's very sad. Um, it has some funny parts, to be sure, but it's it's not what you would expect when you say Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. Um, it, it's a very... The, the premise of the show, I'm not going to ruin it because it is full of twists and turns, to be sure. But the, the basic overall premise is a couple who are married who, um, in, the, in the eight parts, sort of follow the course of what it means like to be together forever, to be with one person and the ins and outs of that and the ups and downs of that and the sadness of that and the joy of that and the boredom of that and the excitement of that. Um, it's unlike any show I've really seen, to be honest. It's uh, 
has a lot of pathos and sadness um, at the heart of it. But it, there's a lot more going on than you think when you first start watching it. And it reveals itself over the first couple of, of, of episodes to where you're like, oh, they're going for something deeper here. And um, while it is it is about both of them, to me, it is about a woman's journey uh, and about Maya Rudolph's character of June and her journey in particular. Um, I think she is sort of the beating heart of the show in a lot of ways. And, and that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to ruin it and give it away, but check it out. It's really, really good. They're half-hour episodes. There's only eight of them. So, um, you know, it's like four hours total. And they get a lot done in those four hours. It also starts Catherine Keener. Uh, it was created by um, Alan Yang, who does the great, great show with Aziz Ansari, Master of None. Um, and he really has has a knack for hitting on the human condition. Um, and it also features, you know what a standalone episode is, everyone? Um, a standalone episode is when a TV show will have a single episode that doesn't follow the plot line of the rest of the show, and you could yank it out on its own, almost as its own little short film. It does not impact the plot necessarily. Uh, sometimes it will focus on only one character from the show, and everyone else is not in it. Uh, sometimes it's a, a minor character. And in this case, episode, uh, I can't remember which one, I want to say it was six or seven, called Andre and Sarah, um, it is about two characters that we have not even seen in this show and who are only around for this one single episode. And it is one of the best 30 minutes of uh, TV I've ever seen. That standalone episode, Andre and Sarah, really, really great. Uh, and again, I don't want to give it away, but it, it is one of the better, um, better TV episodes and standalone episodes I've ever seen. Really, really great and well done. Um, so check it out. It's called Forever. Uh, on Amazon Prime, and let me know what you think. I'm curious to see what other people think about the show. And then the other one I've been watching is called Patriot, and this was suggested um, by Kevin Pollack when he was on the show. He was talking about stuff to watch afterward. I think at um, we went to dinner after we recorded, and he was like, "Man, Patriot is the bomb. You need to check that out." And I did finally. It took me a while uh, because you know there's so much great stuff out there. It's hard to get around to everything. So I finally checked out Patriot, and it is so great. Uh, it is right up my alley. It is part Homeland. It's like if the TV show Homeland was spun through the DNA of the great old TV show Northern Exposure. Um, <laughs> if you ever saw that one, it's very offbeat, very, very funny. But it's about international uh, international espionage and spy games. And uh, it's really, really terrific. Uh, it, it features folk music as part of the the central driving force of the show. Uh, it's about a, a father, Terry O'Quinn, uh, from Lost and other things. He plays a dad who's in the spy game, um, and he has his two sons, uh, sort of, uh, he has recruited his two sons to do the legwork for him. And in season one, the idea is that he's trying to keep Iran from uh, gaining nuclear capability. And in order to do this, uh, he has to get his sons involved. One is a folk singer who um, doesn't seem like he wants to be doing this. Uh, he, he seems like he wants to be a folk singer. And his other son is, uh, I don't even know what his official job is on the show, um, but he gets them both involved and neither one of them really want to be doing it. So it's like a, a man out of place show in a lot of ways. 
uh, as we see this guy who doesn't want to be doing what he's doing, like killing people and having people killed uh, as a as a deep, deep undercover spy and NOC agent. And uh, but it's you can just see on his face there's so many great scenes where he just looks lost, doesn't know what he's doing there. And then uh, he it features performances like folk song performances where he's in a cafe or just playing his guitar. And he will sometimes the lyrics will reflect what's going on in the show uh, through the um, through the lens of a folk song, um, which is really, really creative. It's just so, so creative. And it's also on Amazon Prime. I am not shilling for them, I promise. But they've got some good shows out there right now. And it was uh, created, executive produced, showrun. Uh, many of the shows are directed by a man named Stephen Conrad, who I think he wrote The Secret Life of Walter Mitty and uh, made his name as a screenwriter. Uh, he wrote that uh, that movie Wonder and uh, The Weatherman with our own favorite Nicolas Cage. So he's been around as a writer, but this is, I believe, his first show as a showrunner. And it's really just terrific. Uh, again, just so offbeat and unusual. And apparently, I don't know if this is true, everybody, but uh, a PR person got in touch and, and said that they that Stephen Conrad listens to Movie Crush and wants to be on the show. I don't know if that's true. I, I find it hard to believe. I think this PR person might be fibbing to get me to have Stephen Conrad on the show. But hey, if you're listening, Stephen Conrad, I would love to have you on, man. And we're going to make that happen next time I'm in uh, in L.A. or New York. We're going to work that out because I want to know how you conceived of a show like Patriot. Um, I think uh, Gil Bellows from Ally McBeal appears, and I believe he's uh, a producer and maybe even a writer on the show as well. So I have a feeling these guys are old friends or something. Uh, but it's really terrific. Check out Patriot on Amazon Prime. Uh, check out Forever on Amazon Prime. Two really, really good shows. And that's what I've been watching lately. And that is Stream This. And that is the show, everyone. Uh, it was a little weird in here by myself. It's a little strange to talk for like 40 minutes straight. Uh, and I want to, we got to get Noel back in here. Uh, so until then, just keep your feet on the ground, keep reaching for the stars. And uh, hang in there, everyone. Noel will be back soon. And thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. The entire first season of This Time Tomorrow is available now to binge from start to finish. In this new iHeart series presented by T-Mobile for Business, join me, Osvaloshin, and Kara Price as we explore the exciting possibilities of the next generation of connectivity. From smart cities to future farms, you'll find out just how much could change with future 5G networks. Listen to This Time Tomorrow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Bobby Bones. I host The Bobby Bones Show. And I'm pretty much always sleepy because I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. A couple hours later, I get all my friends together, and we get into a room, and we do a radio show. We share our lives, we tell our stories, we try to find as much good in the world as we possibly can, and we look through the news of the day that you'll care about. Also, your favorite country artists are always stopping by to hang out and share their lives and music, too. So wake up with a bunch of my friends on 98.7 WMZQ in Washington, D.C., or wherever the road takes you on the iHeartRadio app.